Exodus chapter 32, verse 25. And we will read all the way to the end of the chapter. Just a few verses. Just to refresh everybody of what's been going on, Moses had been on the mountain speaking with God. He came down the mountain. The people had taken off all their jewelry and uh, Aaron had, had, had melted it down into gold and molded it into a golden calf and they had begun to worship this idol. Uh, when Aaron, uh, when, excuse me, when Moses came down, uh, he was angry at what was going on. He crushed up the powder and made the people drink it. He asked Aaron, what, what, what in the world happened, Aaron? How did these people, uh, how did you let this happen? And Aaron says, look, I just, all this gold got thrown in the fire and out came this calf and Aaron wasn't taking responsibility and the people were in a mess. And that's what is taking place in the verses we're starting at tonight. Verse 25. Moses saw that the people were out of control, for Aaron had let them get out of control, resulting in weakness before their enemies. And Moses stood at the camp's entrance and said, Whoever is far the Lord, come to me. And all the Levites gathered around him. He told them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Every man fasten his sword to his side, Go back and forth through the camp from entrance to entrance, and each of you kill his brother, his friend, and his neighbor. The Levites did as Moses commanded, and about 3,000 men fell dead that day among the people. Afterward, Moses said, Today you have been dedicated to the Lord, since each man went against his son and his brother. Therefore, you have brought a blessing on yourselves today. The following day, Moses said to the people, You have committed a grave sin. Now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I will be able to atone for your sin. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, these people have committed a grave sin. They have made a God of gold for themselves. Now if you would only forgive their sin, but if not, please erase me from the book you have written. The Lord replied to Moses, I will erase whoever has sinned against me from my book. Now go, lead the people to the place I told you about. See, my angel will go before you. But on the day I settle accounts, I will hold them accountable for their sin. And the Lord inflicted a plague on the people for what they did with the calf Aaron had made. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and we thank you for... Your words, and I pray, God, that you just help me to, to preach and teach in a way that's going to help us, dear Lord. I pray that the Holy Spirit would just control the words that come out of my mouth, dear Lord. Let me, let me uh, speak things tonight that are going to be beneficial to all of us to hear, dear Lord, so that you will be glorified, God, because we come to draw closer to you. We come to hear your word, and I pray that you help us to, to learn from the mistakes of the Israelites and what's going on there. And God, to look at our own lives and learn from our own problems. God, I pray that you just would uh, forgive my sin, dear Lord. I pray that you just hide me behind the cross as I come uh, to preach your word tonight. And I pray that you are glorified in this place through these words. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, these are some pretty intense verses, at least uh, once we get into it a few verses. So uh, Moses is, is, is angry with what's going on here. But what he notices with the people is that they are out of control. They are out of control. Now, they had been following the Lord, and to, to some extent, they had been obedient to the Lord, although they had, they had 
they had kind of questioned some things and, and been a little difficult. They had been pretty obedient to the Lord up until this point, but here they had made this golden calf, and Moses says to Aaron, Moses saw the people were out of control, for Aaron had let them get out of control, resulting in weakness before their enemies. Because they were out of control, because they had sinned in such a great way, it had weakened them. Now, the same is true for you and I when we get out of control and we begin to give in to sin. It weakens us to our enemies. Our enemy is the devil. He's our greatest enemy and he's always looking to attack us. And sin weakens us. When we're standing firm in the Lord and we're we exhibit self-control, that is a fruit of the Spirit, uh, when we are under God's control, we are doing pretty good. But it's when we begin to kind of stray away from God a little bit. And when we get into sin, uh, that we get out of God's control and we get out of control. And if we're not uh, under God's control, and we get under God's control willingly, we willingly submit ourselves to God and say, okay, God, I realize I'm a sinner. Therefore, I humble myself before you as a servant uh, to the Lord to do the Lord's will. Uh, we are, in a sense, under God's control. Not that God is controlling us, uh, but we willingly uh, submit to God and, and are under His, His rule and His reign as our Lord. But when we get out of control, we begin to sin. We begin to stray from what God's will would be for our life and His desire to keep us from sin, and we begin to give in to that sin. And as a result, it weakens us. It weakens our relationship with Him. And if we're not under God's control, then whose control are we under? If we're not uh, exercising uh, the, the fruit of the Spirit, that is self-control, uh, then that allows the devil a foothold to go to get into our life and to begin to uh, influence us and tempt us. And we give in to those temptations because we're not strong enough to stand because we have given in to sin and it has weakened us. And that's what had happened with God's people here. Aaron, uh, Moses said, look, they're out of control, Aaron. You let the people get out of control, and as a result, uh, they are weakened to their enemies. And the same is true for you and I as Christians. And Moses stood at the camp's entrance and said, Whoever is for the Lord... Come to me. Now, Moses is giving the people an opportunity to say, look, we're wrong in what we're doing. Whoever is for the Lord. Now, there were obviously some who weren't for the Lord. There were some who had rejected the Lord. Obviously, a lot of them had. They made this golden calf, and I don't know if they were all in on it. Maybe there were a few who were opposed to it, but at least there was a large portion of them, it would appear in the text, uh, that had turned their back on God, that had given up on God. And Moses here gives the people an opportunity. Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. The people had a decision to make. Were they going to choose to stay with the Lord? Were they going to repent of their sins? Were they going to acknowledge that they were in the wrong and going to come to Moses and say, all right, Moses, we are going to side with the Lord? Or were they going to, to not listen to Moses, uh, what he, the, the offer that was on the table here, to, the, the chance for them to come back? Now, obviously, some were for the Lord. It says that the Levites all gathered around Moses. But there were still some that weren't for the Lord. Now, this next command is pretty difficult because the, 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 the men who are for the Lord are supposed to strap their sword. They're supposed to go uh, to and fro in the city, and they're supposed to begin to kill those people who are their neighbors, who are their friend, who are those family, and those who had not chosen the Lord. And you may say, wow, that's a harsh punishment. That's pretty serious stuff, and indeed it is. 
But these people were not innocent. These people had an opportunity to choose the Lord. They had the chance before they ever made the golden calf to stick with the Lord. Uh, These people had made their choice. They had chosen to reject the Lord, and they were suffering punishment. And they deservingly so, because they had given up their opportunity to uh, choose the Lord. Now, sometimes we read stories like this in the Old Testament, and God is pretty rough on the people. Sometimes the judgment that has passed is pretty serious. And sometimes we want to, uh, to do that in our own world today. We like to take these, these, these tough verses in the Old Testament sometimes and say, well, that's what they used to do to people in the Old Testament. That's what we need to do to them today. Well, I think things are a little different because we are under the grace of Jesus Christ. And I think we see in the New Testament that God has established governments and given them the sword to make decisions on what needs to be done and not done. Not that God has changed his mind on what is wrong and what is not wrong, but I don't know that this verse is a good verse or verses like it for us to justify going and hurting people who we may think are in sin. Hopefully we never do that or give in to that. Moses gave the people an opportunity to choose God, and some did, but there were others that didn't. And when we make a decision to choose, uh, to, to choose the Lord and to live for the Lord, when we decide to follow the Lord, oftentimes that results in action in our life. Now, hopefully not this same action that we see here, but sometimes it does uh, result in some action that takes place in our life once we make that decision. And sometimes it involves some separation. Now, in this case, this is kind of an extreme example of separation. They were literally cut off from those people who were their friends and their neighbors and their family who had lost their life. Now, hopefully we don't ever uh, have to be cut off in that way, but sometimes when we are followers of the Lord and we decide, I'm going to follow the Lord, and we begin to take action, that is, we begin to live for the Lord and we begin to do the things that God calls us to, sometimes... That affects our relationships with other people who we love greatly. And as a result, sometimes there is separation in our life between those who are close to us. Now, thankfully, in our country, it's not quite as extreme as in some countries to where if you acknowledge that you are a Christian before your family, they would disown you. Now, that might occur to some level in this country, and that's a difficult thing, and maybe some of you have experienced it, and you know how difficult that may be. I can't even imagine how difficult that may be. But that's part of becoming a Christian. Sometimes it affects those relationships that are around us, and it affected the people's relationship of Moses' day, these Israelites, greatly because of what had to be done because of the disobedience to the to, uh disobedience to God and what was going on here. Verse 30. The following day, Moses said to the people, you have committed a grave sin. Now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I will be able to atone for your sins. Now, Moses was being a good leader to the people here. He knew the sin that they had committed was great. And he said, I'm going to go before the Lord to see if I can make an atonement for your sin. Now, I can't help but think about Jesus in these verses. Now, Moses is not Jesus, but it's pointing us forward to exactly what is going to have to take place. Now, we might not like to think of ourselves as really sinful people like the Israelites, but as we talked about Sunday, we are all sinful people. We're a little worse than we like to, to admit sometimes, possibly. And we, just like the Israelites, need one who will go before God and who will atone for our sins. And for the Israelites here in the Old Testament, it was Moses. 
But for you and I, it's Jesus. He's the one that goes before the Lord and he's the one who atones for our sins. And then we see Moses go and say, Look, Lord, forgive them of their sins. But if you won't forgive them of their sins, then, then take my name from your book. Probably the book of life that we see referenced sometimes uh, in Scripture. Moses said, Take my name from your book. Dear Lord, hold me responsible. Now you talk about love, that's exactly what love is. What greater love is there that one man would lay down his life for everybody else? That's exactly what we see here. Again, that, that at least should be a logical jump for us to point our attention toward Jesus Christ. One who was willing to give everything. One who was willing to say, Lord, I will give of myself so that they can be forgiven. And the Lord says, no, Moses, that's not necessary. The Lord says, look, everybody will have to answer for their own sin. The ones who have sinned will have to answer when that day of judgment comes. And the same is true for you and I. We will all have to answer for our own sins. Now, that's good news and bad news. It's bad news because, or at least in my case, I have a lot of sins. And maybe you do too. It's bad news that I have to one day stand before God. And I'm going to have to answer for all I have done. That's the bad news. The good news is, you don't have to answer for my sins. And I don't have to answer for your sins. God tells us here, look, each one will have to answer for their own. Now you may be saying, well, what about verses that talk about, well, the, the, the children to the fourth, uh, third and fourth generation will have to, uh, have to uh, uh, answer for the father's sins. What about those verses? Does that make it contradictory? Well, not exactly. We will all be, be judged and stand before God based on what we have done or what we have not done. And we will be judged according to our own sins. But verses that talk about children uh, experiencing the effects of their father's sins are true. Now, they won't suffer an eternal punishment because they're father of sin, but we do see that others suffer the effects of our sins. Take, for example, a father who had, let's say, a million dollars and was about to pass and, and could leave all of that money to his family. Now, in that sense... He would leave his children, if he had a few children, well off. They would be uh, well taken care of. And the effect of the father making good decisions and saving would be a blessing to the children for maybe two or three or four generations to come. But that father could also go to the, uh, go to the casino and gamble all that away and as a result leave nothing to his children which would also affect his children for three or four generations to come, where maybe before they would have been set, now they may have to struggle because of the choices their father has made. Now, I believe that that's true for us. There are choices sometimes that we make that may affect other people in a positive way or may affect other people in a negative way. Now, we don't want to affect other people in a negative way. Praise the Lord. That doesn't affect their salvation. They won't be judged based on our sins. But that doesn't mean that our sins cannot affect other people. And that's what God is saying to Moses here. He's saying, look, Moses, everybody has to make their own decisions. Everybody will have to stand before me and answer for all the decisions that they make. And that's a good thing for us to keep in our mind as we make decisions on the things that we do and the things that we are tempted to do. 
The things that we may be tempted to do, we need to realize, if we're a follower of God, that we have submitted ourselves to God and said, God, we want to follow you. We want to be obedient to you. We want to give up control of our life, dear Lord, and we want you to be the Lord of our life. We no longer want to be the Lord of our own lives. And when we do that and give control to the Lord, we need to seek to be obedient to the Lord. But there are times, just like the Israelites, that we too, uh, we get into sin and we begin to get out of control. And as a result, our sin weakens us. But just like the Israelites, we need to look to Moses and what happened here. And we need to know that there is one who has gone before the Lord to make atonement for us. There is one who has gone before the Lord that can offer us forgiveness if we repent and come to Him and have eternal life. We see that promise all throughout Scripture, and we can take that to the bank because God's Word does not lie. Now, there are things in our life that we've done that we probably regret, and one day we will stand before the Lord, but praise the Lord that our sins are forgiven, that they are atoned by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Let us not be those who are out of control and living in sin and weakening ourselves, but let us be those who are submitting to the will of God, who are under God's control and exhibit the fruit of the Spirit and self-control in our lives. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and I thank you for these words and I thank you for, uh, for, for letting us have your word to learn from, dear Lord. I pray that you help us to, to be in control, dear Lord, and by in control that we submit to you, dear Lord, in your control. And I pray that we'd be obedient to you. And I pray that if there's some sin in our life that shouldn't be there, God, that may have weakened us, God, I pray that we'd repent of that and we'd turn to you so that we can stand against our enemy who's always looking to attack us, dear Lord. So help us to be strong in that way. Let us look to Moses' example, dear Lord, and, the, and, the, and, and what it means to really love people, dear Lord, to want to lay down uh, our life for them, dear Lord. Let us look to Jesus' example as the ultimate, but God, let us follow that example. Let us check ourselves. Let us check ourselves against the ones that we encounter. Are we, do we really love people, dear Lord? Are we willing to give everything that we have for them, dear Lord? Let us learn from Moses here, and more importantly, God, let us learn from Jesus. And God, I pray that you help us to see Jesus in these texts, to see that there is one who has atoned for us, and it is Jesus and Jesus alone. And I pray, God, that each one in this room would know that. And if they don't, I pray that they would come to him tonight, dear Lord. Because one day we will stand before you. And that's kind of a scary thing, dear Lord. But I pray, God, that we would all accept Jesus Christ, that he would be our Lord and Savior, that we may all be atoned for and that we may all be covered, dear Lord, so that our sins can be forgiven. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.